Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. I'm your host, Melinda, and I have two very special guests with me today, sitting in for Carmel, my my dear, sweet other half, my husband, John Volk. Who that? <laughs> and, of course, no stranger to the We Need to Talk family, my all-encompassing, as I call him, Drexel Hurd. Hello. I've always tried to it's figure me. out what Drexel is it's in my me. life, uh, and we just decided that he's everything. Uh-uh. <laughs> Omnipotent. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Here we go with the omnipotence. Oh, he always says that. Well, thank you guys for sitting in with me. Um, we're going to have a good conversation today. Last week, we started our discussion on the division in America and everything that's going on in the country. So I just want to continue that part two. Um, if you guys have been paying attention and seen... In the last few weeks, there's been a lot of racial undertones and rhetoric from the president, which we've seen, obviously, uh, in the last few years, but it's been at an all-time high recently. Jaxel just put on his sunglasses, and I really don't know what to do right now. I don't want to see racial tweets from the president. <laughs> Nobody wants to see them, but they're happening. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on where we're going to go from here, because there is still this huge divide. Um, we've always been divided, I feel like, but it's kind of we're kind of going backwards a little bit, at least from what I've been seeing. And I obviously think that um, the president is fueling this, and a lot of people are agreeing with him, unfortunately. And I'm not really sure what this means in the next year or the upcoming election, but I don't know how we get past this point. Sure. So um, I think that the obviously the president's no stranger to trying to ramp up his base. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. We also know that the president's base is the minority. Um and I always tell people, just because you're louder than other everybody else doesn't make you the majority. And I think that what we're seeing is the president has a huge platform, so he can be loud, but that doesn't reflect a majority of the country. Not mm-hmm. saying that there aren't racists out there. Right. I'm just saying that there are a majority of people who do not think like the president. Mm-hmm. That said, we know that in 2016, there were a lot of people that didn't vote. I think that what we're going to see, hopefully, is a shift in people saying, yeah, well, I set out the last one because of X, Y, and Z, thinking that it would shake things up Mm -hmm. in a different direction, uh, in a a more positive direction uh, in terms of how to shake up the system. But what it's doing is not shaking up – it did not shake up the system. It just shook up America. Right. And that's not what I think a lot of those folks were were trying to get at. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that 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 um, that structurally people, you know, an election is not going to change a system. One mm-hmm. election is not going to change the system. That's not not a thing. Uh, and so I think that what we're, we're go- people are going to realize over the next few months is that uh, they're going to actually have to get out and vote. And that's going to be the. Do you think at this point, and John, I'll direct this question towards you at this point, if you haven't changed your support from the president um, that you identify as a racist, even though we never claim it, but do you think that they fall into that category? I, the obvious answer is like, yes, right? You, mm-hmm. There's there's a point in which you should stand up. I think the more interesting thing, though, is this Drexel got me thinking about this, just, just talking, um, being the loudest voice in the room mm-hmm. and where that kind of just normalizes in uh, in today's day and age. A lot of people don't speak up. A lot of people don't vote. A lot of people, like the the odds of you having someone who's much more vocal than you um, on your Facebook feed, mm-hmm. or I guess the odds are the odds are much more in favor of you not being the most extroverted 
person, but that person that you're going to be friends with, that's going to actually connect a bunch of other people because just generally who they are, they're just mm-hmm. extroverted and they're just out there that populates your new, your news feed. And mm-hmm. then you just see like, and that's like, you've, even though that's not who you are as a person, I think by just sheer seeing it so often, it kind of drags you up into it. Mm. So, you know, like, I think like, and I, what I mean by that is like, I don't think people are that unchanging where they're just like, well, this is all right, you know, um, but next time I'll speak up to what I actually feel. I think people are just kind of malleable. Um, so I, I, not to say that like, oh, wow, these people are now racist and everything, mm-hmm. but like, I don't, I don't know if who they were, you know, pre 2016 mm-hmm. is the same person that they are now. I mean, I <clears throat> also think that, you know, I was reading something the other or this morning about how, you know, factory workers in Ohio voted for Donald Trump. And this is a story that we've seen over and over, over in and the last yeah. few months, which is, you know, they voted for Donald Trump not because of the rhetoric that he was saying, but because he promised them that they would keep jobs in certain uh, vulnerable areas uh, and that he would not only keep them there, but bring more jobs there. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we've seen is the opposite of that happening. We've actually seen it with the tariffs that the president has has put on um, other countries with uh, plants closing and and, uh, manufacturing uh, jobs being lost all across the country. You know, they're starting to recognize that and they realize that the president cannot, is unable to keep his promises. Um, you know, if you're Trump, what do you say to them to get reelected? Uh, Great question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you keep saying what you're saying. Right. right? Um, but, but I would, I would say that, uh, you know, th- he's going to say, this is what the president's going to say. He's going to say the economy's doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the up and up which is what he's been saying. He's going to say, you know, it takes a little bit of time for these things to kick in, but what we've seen is unemployment rate down. What we've seen is black unemployment rate down. What we've seen is, uh, you know, wages going up. You know, he's going to say that um, without the underlying – he's he's able to say that without the underlying context of being like, well, you haven't actually passed any policies uh, that have have been able to – uh, make uh, make those changes, and and five years from now or three years from now, we're actually going to see that the tax cuts uh, that the the Republicans passed a couple of years ago are going to have the opposite effect on the economy. Right. Uh, so I, I so he's able to say them right now because he's under a Barack Obama um, cloud of, mm-hmm. of economic policy. Uh, but you know, say he gets reelected. Uh, and now the policies that the Republicans have put forth are going to put us back um, in a recession. And, 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 and I don't say that as a because of the policies, because of what they just voted on two years ago. I say that as this is what history has shown us. Mm-hmm. Every time a Republican president's in office with a Republican Congress, their policies have put us into a recession. It takes the Democrat coming in after them to clean it up, and then and then it goes back. It's a mm-hmm. back and forth thing, you know. So Republicans out there pretending like they own the economy, um, you know, is a lie. It's like Republicans saying they have national security interests at heart. Right. That is a lie. Of course. Uh, it's a it's 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 also a lie that they're pro life and that they have <laughs> an interest in pro life policies. That is a lie. Um, you know. So I. But I know, I know people are like, well, there are some things that Democrats can say. 
but but the difference is, is that Democrats have always been there to help people, mm-hmm. um, not strip rights away from people. It's always been advancing more rights for marginalized groups as opposed to taking something away from somebody else. Which I've always found very <clears throat> interesting because the Republican Party identifies itself with Christianity. And that, to me, being a Christian is what the basis of being a Christian is, is helping marginalized groups. Well, but wouldn't they've you never been your, about that. Wouldn't you latch yourself to the biggest group possible with some of the loudest voices yep. that, that is that – is, <laughs> no, seriously, yep. with, with that is – is also, um, you know, Southern Baptists, Southern white Baptists are not immune to being racist and hateful and hateful. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and, and they are make up one of the, the Southern Baptist conference makes up, I think that's their name, uh, makes up one of the largest, uh, evangelical groups in yeah, the country. SBC. So of mm-hmm. course I would want to latch myself to those people because listen, if I need somebody to get out and vote, they're going to do that. Right. You know, and right. I think the, the only, di- the only thing that's separating, um, evangelical Christians from being Democrats is one issue. And that is <clears throat> this idea of, of, of pro-choice and pro-life mm-hmm. yeah. and that's it. You know, it's well, and, and, and gay marriage and stuff like that. But, 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 sure. but, but, but I also, but, but at the same time, like th- that, that argument also, um, you know, is a, is a stale argument at this point when it comes to biblical quote unquote factuality, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't, when you sit down with Christians and you lay it all out, you're like, well, that's not really what he <laughs> says, but okay. You know, so I, I think that uh, that's the that's the only way that this president w- wins re-election is if, and, and, and what I, what I th- we were going to talk about Elijah Cummings here in a little bit in Baltimore, but mm-hmm. I don't think that black folks are going to let this slide at all, at all going yeah. into the next election. Right. They would, listen, they'll vote for whoever. A donut the, yeah. before this president gets reelected <laughs> if it has if it's up to black folks. So well, because he is just <clears throat> targeting them at this point, and now it's just not even funny. And for, did you see the hashtag he used? Blacks for Trump twenty twenty. And I was like, you and that hashtag need to go because it, this isn't a thing, really. I mean, you have people, you have the race well, you have diamond and, you and have, silk. You have diamond and silk. You have Terrence Williams. You have those black people that are for some reason still supporting Trump and not really. But the man has a way with words. I'm not as limited as he is with his vocabulary. He really does have a way with words because he doesn't know how to pander to people to make them believe that he actually is for them in some way. But I don't know that it's necessary. I, I think when it comes to like folks like Diamond and Silk and Tarrant, like all those black people mm-hmm. that support Trump, I don't know that if you set them down in a room that they actually, like if you ask them. You think they actually believe. what That they actually believe that because I yeah. Something tells me they enjoy the attention. Of course. Yeah. Um, because, like, look, where did Diamond and Silk come from? I mean, my God. You know, like, what do they do? They support Trump. It's that's like literally the, all they do. I mean, they that's all they it. do. So they, they have no... <clears throat> no clout They in have no clout in, in, in any party. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not member... Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure they're registered Republicans, but it's not like they've been active. It's not like they're active members of the party. They came right. out of nowhere. Yeah. And yet they... What they... It's like a two-way street that they know that they're being used by the president and that they are using the president for their own financial gain, yeah. which, at the end of the day, is what the president's been doing all along to millions of people. Right, right. You know, but the president also has a $97 million war chest right now going into re-election. You know, he'll be at a billion dollars come next year. So, I mean, that's just one person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we spent on the election last year total between two candidates. You know, so one person going in with a billion dollars is going to be very interesting. 
So when we get into, you know, breaking down um, a lot of his tweets and the things that he says in the conferences and breaking down his hateful rhetoric, you know, speaking about the squad, now speaking about Elijah Cummings and talking about the infestation, quote unquote, within Baltimore, what does it take for Republicans to actually call him out on this stuff? Because I feel like they're very, very quiet. A spy. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. I mean, if you saw the morning shows this morning, Rick Scott in Florida, you know, it was like, well, I didn't write the tweets. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Your name's not next to it, right? Like, you know, he's like, well, I didn't do it. He's, and then the argument is, and Mick Mulvaney, who's the acting chief of staff, uh, the president's acting chief of staff, said, you know, well, you know, well, what do you expect the president to do when somebody's attacking him? Just sit back. Well, y- yes, that's what Obama did. That's what every president yeah. has done, <laughs> right? Um, and I know some people like that. They like this, and I get it. Look. You 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 are your you are your best spokesperson, and Trump understands that, right? And and which is fine in some cases, but if you're the president of the United States, maybe tone it down a little bit, and talk about the policies that <coughs> that you're touting that could help Baltimore. Yeah. I think that would have been a smarter, absolutely political move. Absolutely. Be like, listen, these are the things that we've been doing. These are the things that we think that can help Baltimore. Um, I've talked to several African-American uh, prominent people in Baltimore or in Detroit or in Chicago or, you know, he attacked San Francisco. He's attacked Atlanta. He's attacked, you know, several s- different cities across the country. Um, you know, he certainly doesn't like it when, you know, people he doesn't like attack certain cities and of tells them to you know, move out of the country. So if he has a problem with American cities, he certainly should be moving himself. But... Um, you know, so I, I think that that's what you're seeing is, is the Republicans are going to say, well, what do you expect him to do? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the question. What right. do you think? Right. <laughs> right. You know, would you tweet that? That'd be my first question. W- would that be your tweet? Something. Yeah. Do you believe that? Is the, it should always well, be I feel like also with Republicans, they're also afraid that they're ne- going to be next on the chopping block with him. Um, like if they yeah, speak up against him, like I think there's, I mean, you you see the only people who have come out, Republicans that have come out by and large, and spoken against him were ones that weren't running for re-election. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's certain there's something to that. I I think it's more interesting to even consider the the choice to do what he's doing and to target these people in this way. Obviously, like he he thinks that there's going to be more benefit than you know than there is cost uh-huh. to yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And like maybe that maybe there is something to that with with the fact of like again people of color who are going to support him regardless. It doesn't really matter what he says. Right. You know what I mean? So like I I don't know I I'm not savvy enough and I I just don't care enough um actually to to know how many voting blocks he needs to secure for reelection mm-hmm. for like I don't I don't know if you. If you need, you know, this particular, uh, how much of the African-American vote you actually need for this, Mm -hmm. or if it's like, if it's better for him in just straight up a re-election game to be like, let me just take pot shots at this because the people who are really vocal are like the, the, you know, the people who are the Southern Baptists, you know, so like, and I can, I, all I have to do is just fire off a couple of these type of tweets. And like, those are the people that will show up on the voting, uh, you know, on the polling days. Mm -hmm. Um, That's more interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of, I think this president knows that he will. So the reason, I think the reason why he's doubling down and this is not just my opinion is that, you know, he knows that if he loses in, iota of that his base 
then he's going to it's lose. Yeah. Right. Um, so he's going to double down on those folks and then try to peel off um, uh, different Democrats, which is why he's trying to, he, he has inserted himself into every situation when Democrats are going at each other um, because he wants to separate Democrats. I, I don't know that that is going to help mm-hmm. him any. Um, I think Nancy Pelosi, for everything that she's been doing, obviously we know Nancy Pelosi is like, master chess player legislator um but i also think that you know people are like well nancy's not calling for impeachment well the moment that nancy pelosi says that she is for impeachment they tie everything to nancy pelosi and so nancy pelosi is just trying to be that person in the background because what then happens is is that through re-election the republicans will tie every candidate to nancy pelosi Mm -hmm. she's the boogie person yet she's the only person that can maneuver herself around this president and, 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 and smartly around Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she's playing it as a, I know I'm the liability in terms of reelection, but I'm also the one to help move a lot of this legislation forward. Um, and, and I think, you know, even today you started to see certain Democrats slowly start to come out for impeachment a little bit more. And um, so, so I think that's going to be the Republicans whole game plan is to try to separate um, each separate the different voting blocks, which is why the president's very vocal about you know going after places like Baltimore. Because if he can show, if he can say that, look at what the black legislatures are doing in Baltimore with black voters, mm-hmm. he thinks that he can peel off black voters from somebody like Elijah Cummings. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that is crazy to me. Um, he does and, think he's omnipotent. I mean, listen. I mean, it's wild to me. I mean, it's. I mean, and and, and if you look at it, like it's smart because you like, you know, you throw everything at the wall. It's like throwing pasta at the wall and see what sticks. See what sticks yeah. And uh, so he's going to try everything in the toolbox because what happens is, is that, come next year, come next July mm-hmm. when the debates start ramping up. I mean, it's game over for him because he's not a good debater. Right. You know, he'll try to dance around everything. So he's got to do everything he can between now and then to make up for the fact that he's about to get crushed no matter who the Democrat is publicly in debates. But does that even matter? I think that it does. um, I think that showing his incompetence in front of the American people in a public setting is – it. Not from him. I'm saying somebody laying out the laying out the somebody next to him laying out the facts next to him. But didn't we see that last time? Th- that was or a different candidate. I think they I think, were just already I th- against. I think her, they were. So I think matter. the majority of people were already against Hillary Clinton yeah. anyway. So that wasn't going to matter. I think that somebody um, who is, um, you know, more likable, more likable, yeah, will will be able to lay out that case a little bit better against. Them. So in regards to impeachment, do you, because it seems as I'm surprised that we we haven't even gotten to the point, and I know we were talking about this the other day, we were like, everybody just has to be patient, you know, Nance Pelosi knows what she's doing, but it almost almost seems as if they're waiting to see if he gets reelected before they even make any form of moves, because if he isn't reelected, then they can try and convict him based on what Mueller said in his testimony, that you can try and convict a president that isn't a sitting president anymore. So it seems like that is almost kind of what their path is. Well, the Democrats to have a small window and it's going to be the fall. So they mm-hmm. have only the fall to make that decision on yeah. whether if they get into December in the winter time, they're not going to do impeachment, impeachment next yeah. year. That'll just be a shit show. So it'll be the fall. It'll be October, November, 
uh, September, October, November, when the decision's going to be made, which is why I think that they're starting to ramp it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw that the um, uh, the House Judiciary Committee and, and Jerry Nadler certainly uh, took the next steps in the courts to try uh, to further their case. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy Pelosi said from the podium the other day that um, there are certain th- there are certain things that she's trying to get through the courts first and let mm-hmm. the courts do their job uh, to try to get information, and then she can make the determination after that. Um, so, um, but at the same time, nobody wants to get in the mid like to go through an impeachment hearing in the middle of an election year takes away from the candidate that you want to put up front, right? And it can only hurt the Democratic candidate at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I would think that the message should be and, and and I know I was reading something that said democratic governors are also equally as worried about what's happening in their states too because the democrats don't have a clear message right now and the, part of the reason is that there's no there's not one leader and the only one leader is the house mm-hmm. is Nancy Pelosi and she's not the one dictating what democratic candidates say and do so there's right. no not one central thing and the dnc you know is trying to be as as um as in the background as possible, just supporting as many candidates as they can. So mm-hmm. there's not one message coming from one central place. So um, I think on impeachment, it's just going to be, it's going to be like, it, it's catch 22. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was your takeaway from the Mueller testimony? Because I know a lot of people were disappointed and felt like he didn't really offer anything. He was very much so I can't get into that. Look at the report. It was very much a per my last email kind of response for all of the responses that he was giving. And um, I know there were two parts to it. Um, I'm just curious what your takeaway was from that. Well, listen, I think that the 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 Bob Mueller basically said what Democrats needed him to say. I don't, Bob Mueller is not a splashy person. Right. You know, he's not James, he's, you know, he's not James <laughs> coming. If people thought that he was going to come out there and, and perform, say, and perform yeah. for yeah. them, then they, they were mistaken. And that is a, that, that says more about us as a society than it does um, Bob Mueller. Because he basically said, um, you know, if the, uh, the OLC report, the, the the their recommendation had not said that yes I mean the the office of legal counsel's interpretation of the rule that the, a sitting president can't be indicted mm-hmm. um, had said that uh, basically said that they that they couldn't indict the president mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that he said that you know the question I think was asked by like from the jump from Jerry Nadler or something yeah. like that from the first question which was um, would you have indicted this president after? And basically he was like, well, yes. Yeah. I mean, what else do you need to hear after right. that? Mm-hmm. And that he's not exonerated. He said, well, that, here's the problem you know. with exoneration and Republicans tried to make this whole thing. Like, you know, I was listening to something they were like, well, exoneration's not, you know, the, 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 you know, Fox news tried to do this whole thing with Bob Mueller can't exonerate anybody, anybody. Well, the only person that was talking about exoneration the whole time was the president. It was Trump. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, nobody else was talking about exoneration. Well, he even doubled down and even was like, well, you know, Bob, he can't exonerate. It's like, but all you've been tweeting right. is so total which exoneration. One, which, right, exactly. so which is it? And, yeah. and they said that in April or in May when the report came out that, oh, full exoneration. You saw Sarah Huckabee Sanders say it. You saw the White House say it. You saw the president say it. You saw Republicans say it. Yeah. And they want to use this word exoneration. And they want to, you know, they have, what is that? Um, a little, a little amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, four month amnesia about, you know, whether or not like it's like we're not. And, and that is that's it's like they think that, that we're idiots. And, I mean, and, yeah. and most people are. Yeah. 
you know, and they can do that by mm-hmm. saying between April, May, June, July. It's only July. Yeah. And in three months, they want they, they, they wanted to forgotten. pretend they thought people forgot. Of course. And I think the Democrats have to, you know, I, I, I'm a somehow Democrats have to ba- break through anybody really because got to be able to break through in some of these, you know, um, with some with some ads and some targeted things and to be able to say, look, this is the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Democrats have to do it. You know, they've got to be. You know, I'm a big fan of a town hall. I always said the Democrats should be going around the country over the next few, over the next couple of years and just being like, this is what we're doing as a groups. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be just because, you know, but everybody has obligations to their district. Mm-hmm. But I think if you get some big hitters in very specific areas and they're out there doing their thing, then they can take the case of the American people a little different way. Cause Barack Obama did it for a long time mm-hmm. and that's how we got a lot of things passed. So, and you've mentioned before how you felt that the Democrats didn't have a very clear message to express to voters and to the American people. And I actually think that that would be a very good idea for people to hear exactly what they want, what they're trying to do and what they plan to do in the future. Sure, but it's not like the Democrats haven't been doing anything. And right, and, no, and, for sure. Since they took over in January, we've seen a litany of bills go through the House of Representatives and then they die in the Senate. Mm-hmm. So this idea that Democrat, you know, Donald Trump tweets all the time, well, Democrats haven't been doing anything. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, they have. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they've passed election security. They've passed border security. They've pa- they've been able to compromise on certain things. And by the time it gets to the Senate, you know, the t- president's not the, the president doesn't support it because of a provision that he doesn't like. And then it dies. And then mm-hmm. the president blames on the Democrats. And this is starting cycle, 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 right? Um, and so, you know, I, I think that Democrats just have to do a better job. They've, they've got a little bit of, you know, Barack Obama syndrome where they – don't want to brag about the things that they've been doing. Right. Barack Obama never bragged about that. If Barack Obama bragged about the things that he did over the last eight years, we wouldn't have been in this situation. Right. He just wasn't that person. He was like, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. I've already done. I've said what I said. I've done what I've done and we're moving on. Well, it's funny because now we have this complete contrast of humility and narcissism, you know, and it's like, well, there's no middle ground. But people don't elect, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, high school, uh, uh, you know, student government, right? Right. People want to see results and they want to know the results are happening. Right. They, that's, that's it. And, and, and humility is one thing, but a humble brag is not going to hurt somebody. Right. In this case, it hurt the entire country because now we have Donald Trump. <laughs> right. And, and now he brags about everything he and he hasn't done everything. anything. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think the next president certainly going to have to be that middle ground mm-hmm. because, you know, as we always say, it takes a narcissist to run, to think that you can run the most powerful country in the world. And well, I mean, there's a little bit of ego there, but I don't necessarily think it's, you're being a narcissist to think that you can run the country. I think it's, it's I mean, having ego and confidence in yourself. I think there's a fine line, yeah. but, and he's obviously crossed it. Um, but I think you, but yeah he's clear he's clear definition of a narcissist but i think believing in yourself and thinking well i have the tools i don't necessarily view that as being narcissistic i mean i don't know i think uh, sorry to like always step back on these questions but like in general i think what will be instructive assuming you know uh, he doesn't plunge uh, trump doesn't plunge us into war or you know just crazy uh, recession Which or something there's no way to tell <laughs> yeah who knows but i, I think actually when <clears throat> if we're fortunate enough to you know 20 years from now look back on on this like one of the lessons might be that the the office of president is not as um, essential or powerful as what we probably grew up with 
um, and it's more of a figurehead. Mm. Uh, this is the, like we know people are like, oh, the the gas prices. Well, this is not my version of you know economic recovery president. Right. It's like well, right. he doesn't have a whole lot of sway. Um, but that's also people not knowing how it works. Yeah, the, exactly. But yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is, what was the question again? <laughs> The narcissism and, and ego, like, do you think it's, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily narcissistic to think that you can run the country. Yeah. It's just a level I mean, of ego I don't think and, anyone and thought yourself, probably but. like Jimmy Carter was a narcissist. Right. You know, he's like the Mr. Rogers of presidents. Yeah. Um, but, w- <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is like there, then there are other people who are like George W. Bush that like, I, I don't know, like he could have the, the gusto to be like, I'm going to run this thing. Or he could just be like, well, wh- wh- you're the expert here. What do you think? Right. You know, and like, I think a lot of presidents did that. I think, yeah, that, you know, that's, George in, W. Bush had Dick Cheney. Right. In general, mm-hmm. I think like the, the marks of like a uh, successful, someone who's good at their job as a president is someone who like would have skills that dovetail with like a, a really good human resources person that just has a knack for getting the right people in the right positions. Barack and then to just, you know, in, and then to mm-hmm. just go along with that. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, like, I, it's totally fine if you think that, like, you can, uh, you know, there, there's something, I mean, I don't think that someone who's just, uh, you know, uh, a reasonable person who just grows up and then suddenly they, they, they achieve that high of an office in any field. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's not someone who goes to work at, you know, goes to work from nine to six. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that the, those people are narcissists, but like, there's something just a little bit off. It is. It is. <laughs> A little bit off. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a it is a balance. It is a, a person of ambition, and um, you know, a low level narcissism to believe that you can lead a group of people better than some better than the next person. Right. I mean, you yeah. do, you do have to, you know, ego is one thing, and I think ego comes from from success. Mm-hmm. But 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 or not or some not just have ego <laughs> right exactly just, right or or and and in some cases you know you you think that you are it and you are that person and uh, and that I'm not saying that's just the president I'm saying anybody that's running for elected office, um, you know for whatever reason whether or not they were good or bad or um, so we'll see what happens. What do you think um, any of the Democrat candidates currently could say to sway any Trump voters to vote for them? I think they're going to say exactly what we've been saying, which is, look, we have fought for um, policies across the country. and We've seen areas um, where a living wage has been successful, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where we are. We understand that uh, you are in a situation financially where you can't pay your medical bills and here are the policies that we're going to, that, that we're putting forth to do that. Um, you know, I think for a Trump, I think for a Trump voter, you know, a lot of people look at minorities and say, well, they've gotten the leg up. Why haven't we gotten the leg up? And I think that's part, part, part partly where a lot of that sentiment's coming mm-hmm. from. Um, not realizing that, marginalized groups are so far behind them yeah that <laughs> that the people are just trying to get to get to an even place mm-hmm. uh, but they only hear what they hear affirmative action of course and and of course. and uh and hbcus and things like that because like well, they, they also understand. don't read or look at the numbers right. like they, nobody looks at statistics and facts are never these people's friends no, no they don't want to know the facts no. and i think that's where you saw a lot of trump voters come from you know these people are co- these people i mm-hmm. say these people because that's what that's what they talk about people you know are coming over and taking 
protecting our jobs. Well, nobody has ever said on camera, as far as I've seen, anybody running for office, which is, well, you're not out there getting those jobs to begin with. (laughs) Would you like to go sit in in an orange field? right. You know what? How about you do that? Mm-hmm. The next person that wants to complain to you about somebody taking their jobs away from them, I want to see you out in that orange field. Right. I want to see you out exactly. in that produce field. I want to see you out there doing some of these jobs because what's happening in Ohio is certainly not happening in California. It's certainly right. not happening in Arizona. Certainly not happening in Texas. So you know those are the, that's the that's the reality, and nobody's out there saying that. Right. I, we just have, certainly just need somebody out there being like, look, this is the reality. You either like it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And, and we haven't, Democrats don't like to tough love people. Barack Obama tried at, towards the end yeah. of his presidency. Because well, he was he on, his, he was way on his way out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, right. like when, it's like when black folks got upset about Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Not about Bill Cosby, about his, his legal situation. But what Bill Cosby was saying about black fathers. Mm. They didn't like that. But it wasn't like he wasn't true. Right. And so I, I think that that is, we've got to get, into the tough love arena. Mm -hmm, We've mm -hmm. got to get into the reality arena because Republicans are so far out of the reality that somebody's got to be real. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of, uh, if just as a base level, Mm -hmm. uh, everything that we've been talking about, but like, it's also things from, you know, 2016, like nothing's really changed. And honestly, because nothing's really changed in that sense, in my head, Mm -hmm. it's more like, well, if those people are out of reality, like these people, like, you know, if no matter who you are, um, there's some probably real nutcases on both sides. I get it. But like the other people are like, they're well-meaning people that are just like, that are just listening to a source that like digests things for them and makes it seem like the end result might be crazy, but the, 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 the reasoning behind, like you listen to a Fox news host, they'll walk you through something and you'll be like, if you're not really paying attention, if you're just like, if you have it on in the background, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, that is a kind of a, you know, and then, then it's just like, well, what do they say about that? Well, I'm not going to listen to what they say, but what's the end, what's the, the end goal, right. the end, the, the right. takeaway. And it's, it's something that sounds not great, but then mm-hmm. you're like, well, I mean, I'm sure this guy, he sounds smart. You know, right. it's just, you outsource your thinking, um, because it's, it's a lot to get a handle on. And that's a problem because in doing that, we're obviously being very lazy Yeah, <laughs> and we're in, we're just digesting like a small fraction of it. Yeah. Cause again, like, uh, you know, someone, some democratic candidate could have just a terrific three minute speech, not yeah. even long, yeah. three minutes, just like bulleted point list. On you know with on a dry erase board with a diagram that's easy to follow that's <laughs> right. made for human consumption mm-hmm. and that the, the 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 Trump voter doesn't watch that no he will they'll never come across that of course not they will only see a tweet of a reaction mm-hmm. and so like you know what is that person going to say to that Trump voter is like I mean the right thing. <laughs> the, yeah you know right. what I mean yeah I mean but there are some there are some Fox News hosts like Chris Wallace and Shep Smith. Um, who, you know, Chris Wallace basically said to Mick Mulvaney, the president's chief of staff today, you know, he said, so what, um, do you think the president's, you know, tweets were racist? And Mick Mulvaney said, well, you know, I think you're reading between the lines too much. And Chris Wallace said, no, I'm reading the lines. <laughs> you know, he said that yeah. on the air. And I think that there are certain things, there are certain Fox News personalities that will do that. The, the, the folks over at Fox and Friends won't do that because they're, 
they're not that bright. Right. You know, to, to eat Chick-fil-A, like, like to, just to do petty shit on a, on yeah. a reality, on, on a, yeah. I'm sorry, not a reality, but it it basically it's a reality television show. Uh, yeah. On a show like Fox and Friends where, where a morning show like that is just wild to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I was reading this, this is article that, um, somebody just posted back from 2015 it says, hoping to reach African-American voters nationally in his bid for the Democratic nomination. Bernie Sanders toured the West Baltimore neighborhood where Freddie Gray was arrested. He observed, and, and likened the poverty he observed to that of the third world. See, that's the kind of stuff that Donald Trump will latch on to. Mm-hmm. And he'll be able to say, say there's a Bernie Sanders you know, as the Democratic nominee. God hopes not. Um, that, uh, but if he is, but if he is, I'll vote for him. Yes. Never burning. Um, <laughs> I'll vote for him. Um, but that, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that's easily to, to be able to kind of latch onto because all Donald Trump has to say, well, Bernie said it right. or this person said, yep. it. Yep. you know, and, and, you know, same thing with Kamala Harris. I think that there is going to be, I think it's going to be tougher for Donald Trump to go after Kamala Harris. She's going to be like, well, she was too tough on black people. Mm-hmm. You know, he, she, he is never going to be able to. He'll be able to. He'll use it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. But then Kamala can shoot back. Well, listen, you know, uh, as a prosecutor, I'm tough on crime, no matter if they're black, white, you know, across the board. But see, that actually does concern me for her because I feel like the way that he, you know, the way he has a way with words, he might actually convince some black people that she isn't for them. Sure, but I think black people in this, I think that black voters now are a little bit smarter. I hope that. so. I hope I, so. I think black voters genuinely are smarter than the average voter because, you know, here in, in Los Angeles, we have obviously a, a, a you know, black folks are the min- are, are a minority to the Latino population here, but, um, and probably the minority other than the Asian population here in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, but if you look at the makeup of, of, African Americans who are engaged in party politics, it's a lot more than a lot of other folks can, a lot of other demographics well, can claim. Sharing. So, yeah. you know, I think that that is, you know, you look at where folks are going, you know, you look at, like, okay, well, they're, they're targeting uh, uh, South Carolina and they're targeting Georgia and they're, t- and they're targeting areas where there's a predominantly black population early because they know that they need those votes for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why Iowa is, you know, people always ask, well, why is Iowa the first caucus? It's because that is a test area for white people. Because it's a mixture of different types of of voters. Mm -hmm. And cows. And cows. (laughs) Black and white. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, And so I think, yeah, so I think that that is what you, um, you know, I think that this white Kamala Harris came out with a, an entire plan on on um, historically black universities the other day. It's why Pete Buttigieg put out a whole thing on criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. It's you know not that criminal. It's crazy to think because it's like it's not that criminal justice reform is inherently a black issue. It just so happens to be a, an issue that you know black voters are more interested yeah. in. But you know I I think we. Well, we, it affects more black. It people. affects yeah. more black yeah, people. Yeah, what I mean to yeah. say is is to make it a is to is to make it a black yeah. issue yeah. makes it um, is what I go back to what I said earlier, which is like, well, there's a lot of white families out there who, who are, who, who don't know any better, um, who certainly go through the same exact things, whether or not they're on, 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 on um, 
disability or welfare or have or failing schools or are in or who, um, you know, the opioid crisis certainly affects more white people than it does black people. Uh, the drugs affect different demographics uh, yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. Um, we've certainly seen a lot more um, focus on, say, the opioid crisis than we do the crack crisis. Right. <laughs> and you're like, sure, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that those are the we've the, those Trump voters are being like, well, if if criminal justice reform is at the forefront of black voters, then they must be doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. That is where people that that is yep. what that is what people think. Yep, it is. Um, and so, you know, we've got to change the narrative a little bit because, like I said, th- while there are more black males a- and folks in federal prisons mm-hmm. white americans commit more crimes and we know that to be just factually true but that's also just because there's more white people to commit more crimes well they are criminals but i'm just saying percentage wise if you look I, well, at yes. population there's more white people so there's probably going to be more white people to commit crimes anyway which i mean that's how i view uh, I, I, sometimes you have to do it you have to just break it down by right. you know but i would think that it's it's not that there are more white people obviously white people are are, are a are about to be the minority and they yeah. understand that but they also believe that they can get away with oh, it oh for sure that's why there are more white criminals for sure. because they know they can get away with it because history has shown them that ex- they can right yeah. you know and i i just for example there was a there's a republican running against uh, representative elon omar in uh, in minnesota mm-hmm. well just last week she was arrested for shoplifting <laughs> Over a over a period of time, she 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 shoplifted like two thousand dollars from a Target. Mm-hmm. Winona Ryder. I mean, my goodness! And then and then and then, and Target's cheap. So why are you shoplifting? It's I mean, else. my goodness! Her daddy didn't love her. Oh my, gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then and then you know had the audacity to say, "Hey, that that's not true." Which were like, well, if you got arrested, you there's caught. a reason yeah. you were caught. Right. Uh, and and then said, "Well, if 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 that was true, I wouldn't run for office." Well, yes, you would have, because mm-hmm. we've seen criminals run for office and win. Right. Point in but case, he's sitting President, in the, he's the, sitting White, in the House. White House yeah. right now. <laughs> so you know you can you can sort of do that. So I think that that is. That's what I'm saying is that I think that people of a different privilege mm-hmm. certainly will go out of their way to do things because they know that they can. Well, yeah, they're testing the system for sure well, because the system was for made for them to, right. you know, and, and it was not made for us for sure for people of color. But we're also just seeing there's been more consequences lately and privilege is starting to kind of get dismantled as we go throughout these years. You know, we have people that are getting filmed and videoed saying racist things and doing racist things and they're losing their jobs. And a lot of people and companies are finally realizing, you know, I don't want to be associated with that because it's bad for business also. You know, like for example with Nike, that's why they didn't do that um, Betsy Ross flag because they're like, look, the flag was hijacked by a bunch of racists. I don't want to be a part of that. So I'm, I am I agree with you in that but sense. But see, that was the other part is that nobody explained the Nike situation to anybody. Nobody knew what was going on. They just on thought there. it was Colin Kaepernick. They just no. thought it was Colin Kaepernick. Right. Thing. And then Nike didn't even explain Yes, it. and that was their error like, for sure. who is running the Nike? <laughs> the, you know, I have seen more creative 
statements come out of this straight pride thing that's mm-hmm. happening in, in, in Boston. Oh, yeah. Like, companies being like, absolutely not. But yeah. then, like, you know, I read this, I think it was, like, TripAdvisor or, or Lyft or some one of the companies, like, wrote out a whole thing that their, like, their entire statement was made up of, um, of like, pop music, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, like, they're just, like, can you be creative, Nike? Obviously, you're in hot water, but they're not going to do that because they also um, donate to Republican uh, yeah. candidates. So th- they certainly got to ride that line. For sure. But th- they also like to stay in the headlines, I feel like. They do a lot of shock factor stuff. Well, they use purpose. Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. to stay in the headlines. If they didn't, they True. wouldn't be... Where they were. I mean, you, but true. you don't see Disney doing any of that. And Disney will never. And they don't have to. Well, I mean, they like it's to do shock factor, yeah. but it's in a different way. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, so we'll see. So as I mentioned before, I feel like at this point, people that are, are Trump supporters, um, I would basically say, like, if you're still supporting at this point, you are you identify as a racist and you're fine with that because that is what he is kind of using his platform to do right now because he's not really, you said, he doesn't pass any, like, policy that has affected anybody in a positive way, especially his supporters, which is so surprising to me. And everything that he's, all his rampages and all his rants are really, really based on this hateful and racist rhetoric. So going into this next election, do you think that that's simply the platform that he's going to be running on to, to try to get reelected? Or do you think... And I doubt that this is, but I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here. Do you think he's trying to not get reelected? So that's why he's going crazy every day. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, he maybe might he's like, maybe so I need to go this way, and nobody maybe. will vote for me if I right. show. But I don't know. You know, he 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 started running for reelection the day after the day after inauguration. Yeah. So I, I Donald Trump doesn't. He's certainly not the person that likes to lose. Yeah. He's still having trouble having lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, because he still brings it up. <laughs> right. So I don't know that he's trying to run to lose. I think that he is trying to win, but he know because he already knows he's not going to win the popular vote going into it. Mm-hmm. I think the estimate's like 5 million people are not going. He's just going to lose by 5 million votes. But those five million votes have to be in very strategic areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, he could. There was everybody has seen over the past few weeks. You know, the analysis that says Donald Trump could lose by five million votes and still still win the electoral college. Yeah. And we know that to be true because of states like California and Texas and um, New York and, and and a couple other places. So I think that he's just trying to hold on to those pockets that won him the re-election last time. But I don't know, again, I don't know that it'll be very interesting to see the numbers roll in next year in, and, and then the analysis, the post-analysis to say, were those Hillary Clinton haters or were those uh, actual Trump voters? And I suspect that it's going to be more Hillary Clinton haters and the reason why she lost mm. than it will be anything because we were coming off of a very contentious uh, primary and you know which is why Donald Trump very slowly has been trying to insert himself into Bernie Sanders I mean you know you know what I mean he's been around that being sounds like, awful <laughs> I was like you might want to reword that that is not the one that I want to watch but what I mean to say is, insert himself into the the primary, you know, saying that Bernie Sanders got the raw deal last time. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, got you're the, just you're just <laughs> got the got the um, you know, that the the, the 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 don't say short end of the stick either. <laughs> <laughs> that it was all rigged last time, and he's trying to 
um, he's trying to make that a thing for this election early mm-hmm. so that he can use it later. Right. Because if Bernie Sanders, lo- when Bernie Sanders loses, he, Donald Trump won't be able to, he will have to use the RNC's whole apparatus, the whole uh, political arm to be able to push out information on a candidate that he's never had to run against before. Right. And uh, this will be new territory for him. So, John, for you, because I know you're a registered independent, and you know yeah, really I am. That. Yes, you are. No, I didn't know that. You but you, you typically have voted Democrat, but I know you don't really like to get so involved in politics. But for you, what would a candidate have to say for you to want to vote for them? I, I mean, this is... Like, what do you care about the most? This is different. Because you don't care. Different time. <laughs> no, no, I do care, but, like, mm-hmm. the, the choice is... is I, I think that the... Um, no, I mean you don't care like who it is you're voting for that person. Right. Yeah. But I'm just curious what what, what would draw you to to somebody like in watching the debates or hearing what something something that one of the candidates said like what interests you? I don't know because I sorry like I I just I, I don't it. even consider this to be a like those debates are kind of instructive but like I don't see myself as having a choice in the you're matter. Like they could be talking about it's just, just like tell me which one day. is the is the one you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In like. I think most people watch these de- the Democratic debates as saying, well, who's going to stack up the best against the incumbent, against, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the, uh, honestly, what I, what I look for more than anything else, and this is just, I know it, it's, it's, it's just a, a fool's errand. It, 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 there's no way that you could look at this and be, but like someone who comes off as like almost natural and not practiced. Because mm-hmm. um, some of those like zingers that they have in the debates, like, but you practice that pre- like the food fight thing like the, yeah that's a practice i get mm-hmm. it you know the and it's gonna go viral but like it doesn't feel it feels inauthentic, it yeah. authentic to you yeah. um but that that's just that's beside it but I, honestly because this is the thing is that like these are all all of those candidates are all uh chefs and they've constructed a menu but then not everyone wants everything on the menu. And so mm-hmm. they borrow from other people's menus. Like, well, this is what I'm offering now. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. like, why do I need to go into a tasting kitchen now? Mm-hmm. Because that menu is going to change mm-hmm. and you're going to stand for these other things and you're going to make this dish instead. Right. So I don't really, I just don't, it's That's like, it, it's just more, <laughs> but like I, I, I would like to do other things with my time mm. than to sit here and wait on something that's interim and will change. Cause you already know that whomever it is, that's who you're voting for. Uh, sure. Yeah. No, sure. sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he you better let him know. Right. I'm letting him know. You vote for mean, whoever's against Trump. This is, and he even said he would vote for Bernie. For Drexel to say I'll vote for Bernie if he gets the nomination. But I would have done it last time too. I mean, like I, know, I just I know. you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, look, it's 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 not even the lesser of two evils. It is one evil <laughs> over another. You know what I mean? It is one is is evil versus semi good. Right. Right. You know, and I I know independents like to tout not not particularly John, but I know independents like to tout. Am I really an independent? Yes, that's oh. what you've told me. Oh. We've been together ten years. And I you don't, don't even remember. Know. Yes, you're a registered. You better check that into. You better check that. Uh, I mean, here in California, it doesn't really it doesn't matter because yeah, I'm voting for But, yeah. but, but um, yeah, you are. But you. Um, you know everything. about I me. do know everything about you. What's in, my blood type? Oh my gosh! I gotta find that out actually. <laughs> but she knows you're an independent. Wait, aren't you? Are you? Are you O? No, that's you. Oh, I'm O. What yeah. are you? You're A? A positive. Oh, you're A positive. Think of yeah. my GPA. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Go back to Drexel. What were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and uh, 
I was going to say that independents typically, you know, will try to tout their independence from a political party. Yeah. Um, and and more power to them. Um, but I also think when it comes down to right and wrong, I think that independents got to make a choice. And, and that's hopefully what they'll see in the next election. <sighs> well, what would you suggest for people to look out for? And what do you think is going to happen in the next couple months? Well, I think Democrat. We have a couple more debates. We have mm-hmm. a debate this week, um, debate number two, and then we have we do, then we get a break in September, and then the next debate's not till October. So I think that um, that we'll see uh, Democrats try to do try to decide on impeachment. Um, it might be the September is that window, so that the if there's no debate in September, then it will probably be September when they make the decision because then Democratic candidates won't have to answer for it in September um, like they will have to in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and that'll be it. Because, I mean, obviously right now there's not much that can be done outside of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell's not doing anything. Did he ever? So, you know, you know so there's not much that can be done other than um, other than seeing what's what what Nancy Pelosi is going to do next. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining me, Carmel. We missed you. I know you're listening. Um, and of course, in true, we need to talk fashion. We end every episode uh, highlighting a person or community organization is doing good in the world. And I'm highlighting Mr. Drexler Hurd <laughs> this week. So please make sure you follow him on his social media Woo. pages, especially as we get deeper into these debates and upcoming election next year. So Drexler, what are your social media pages for them to follow you on? Um, you can follow me at Drexel Hurd pretty much everywhere. And I think on Facebook, I'm like Drexel Hurd official. I think that's I what think it that's is. that's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, you can find me there. He's the only um, Drexel Heard. Well, yeah, I mean, how many do you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I only heard of one. <laughs> oh, but I... Yeah, I think, you know, with, with you know, we've got a couple of conventions. We have the, the California convention coming up in November. Um, you know, I was just elected as one of the vice presidents for Stonewall recently. Yeah. Humble, so, brag. Uh, humble brag. Humble brag. I just mean that in the sense that it'll be a lot more active. Uh, than it has been because I'm being forced to, you know, be a little bit more active on social media. You know, I try not to get into crazy debates uh, at this point anymore because I'm like, look, I, I just don't have that kind of patience. But what I do like about you when you post, because you know my page is completely different, but you you post the facts. And I think that that's what people need to see and read. Yeah. So I highly recommend following Drexel, especially if you want to stay informed about all this issues going on. But I also post really crazy stuff. You like, do. You know, it's it's. I try to keep it balanced. <laughs> People are like, "What is he posting about?" I thought he was a political person. I well, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, and follow us on all social media at We Need to Talk the Podcast, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.